Hi, this is Pastor Danny Deeth, and I'm so excited that you have chosen to join us here at First Presbyterian Church for worship today. Know that the love, grace, mercy, and joy of Jesus Christ beckon you to join our church family as we seek to celebrate our journey with Christ in this service of worship. So we're glad you're here. Come on in. I'll be reading from Psalm 46, verses 1 through 11. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of this city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is taken from the prophet Jeremiah. We are in Jeremiah 18, reading verses 1 through 6. Listen for the word of the Lord. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord Come, go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel. The vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel as seemed good to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, can I not do with you, O house of Israel, just as this potter has done, says the Lord? Just like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So our focus clearly today is about pottery, and we're going to show you some of that in just a minute, but I want to frame this and give you a little bit of context and how we have come to be here and how Sherry has come to be here with us this morning. Um, and so um, we open this up a little bit. We'll start with a few bad jokes. Did you hear about the pottery furnace that exploded? It was terrible. They had to notify its next of kiln. <clears throat> I suffered a broken collarbone, concussion, and some minor bruising when I fell asleep at the wheel. 
I got kicked out of my pottery class too. What did Clint Eastwood say before firing up the ceramic bowl he made in pottery class? Go ahead, bake my clay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you want to get good at Greek pottery, you have to earn it. You are an, it's an earn, you have to earn, earn it. Okay, okay, we'll have to do one more then. I was making pottery and I fell asleep while doing it. When I woke up, my head was spinning. Okay, that's enough, that's enough. So the idea of potter, clay, pottery is one that is repeated again and again in the Old Testament and even into the New Testament. Jesus and even Paul make reference to it. We know, of course, pottery was important in the day for its function. Um, there were metals and there were other more fancy and stable um, ways to make bowls and cups and other things, but that was generally saved for the more well-to-do. When we hear about archaeological digs around the Middle East and around the world, what often are they finding? Pottery shards, right. Even though it is delicate and it will break, the material itself, that clay, that hardened clay lasts literally for thousands of years. Pottery shards are some of our best ways to understand the ancient world. And in this particular passage, we get to Isaiah, who was one of the major prophets, along with Isaiah and Ezekiel and others. Jeremiah served in the time right before and into the Babylonian conquest in 586 BC, when Jerusalem was taken over, the, the temple destroyed and exiled into Babylon for the foreseeable future. One of Jeremiah's major roles was to let them know that it's coming. You need to change. Being a prophet is hard. He's there to say, you need to listen to God. You need to turn back to God. You as rulers, as those who follow, as citizens, as people of faith, as God's children, we need to revise what we are doing because we have turned away from God. That was one of Jeremiah's main roles. He is known as the weeping prophet for that reason. Most prophets have some degree of that in their call and in their life. If you remember right when Jeremiah was called, like many in the Bible, he kind of took a step back and said, oh no, not me. He said, oh no, no, Lord, I am only a youth. I, I do not know how to speak. Don't call me. I, I, I don't know what to do. I, 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 I. And God said, don't worry. You're going to go. I will be with you. Don't worry. Let's go. So here, Jeremiah is telling them in the 18th chapter, using an illustration, they would have understood all about pottery, just like a blacksmith, just like others who do craft and artisan work. A potter, if not many potters, were necessary for the functioning of towns, villages, however we want to call them, these cities. Now, we know that it's just clay or dirt. Sometimes there are different things mixed in, 
and when used with water, can be manipulated, sculpted, made into different items. Bowls, cups, storage containers, you've seen big, big ones and small ones. It was very much the backbone of everyday life. And what do you do once that is formed? Your, your item, your cup, your bowl, your vase, what have you? Well, you burn it, you put it in a kiln, which is kind of a big oven, which can range anywhere from 1,700 degrees Fahrenheit to 2,400 degrees Fahrenheit for basic use, low, medium, and high fires. That's no joke. There's some heat applied here. So much so that the pottery, those potters and the kilns were often placed on the outskirts of town because there was always smoke coming out. They were billowing smoke all the time to keep the temperature at that high uh, temperature and consistently. So then what is Jeremiah trying to say? What is God saying to Jeremiah? He says, go down to the potter's house. And you'll see him there. And he does. And while he's there, he's working at his wheel. We'll explain that in just a minute. And in this case, the piece of clay he was working on that had started to take shape and take form was problematic. There were some imperfections. There was something wrong with it that the potter knew that had to be remedied. And so the potter kind of squishes it all back up together and starts again. And this understanding that's repeated in Isaiah as well, we look at God as the potter and we are the clay. God molds us, God uses us to become what God would have us be. So how did we get here? Well, I took a pottery class. That's why. In Montreat, one in May and one in June, Montreat, North Carolina is a Presbyterian conference center where all kinds of great stuff happens in the mountains of Western North Carolina. I took a class in May with four master potters, Ann Lair Jones, mentor, friend. Thank you, Ann. And there were only five or six of us in this class who so was almost one-on-one. -on -one. And in the past, and we can remember back to Plato when we were growing up and different projects, you'll get some clay that's the, the some clay is done by working just with hands and manipulating it into beautiful things. And then some clay is done on the wheel. So I had done some of this other manipulated clay because it's a little bit easier to start if you don't know what you're doing, which I didn't and really still don't. But because I had such good help in that first class, I made a few things. That's pretty neat. And then I had a little time to work on the wheel. Came back in June and with my older daughter, Ellie, she and I took a pottery class together that was three days that week.
and it was all based on the wheel. And so one of the things that really surprised me in the process was the centering. So what does that mean? Well, let me explain what's going on here and Sherry's gonna show you in just a second. So this is a potter's wheel. Um, there's a metal wheel there in the middle. There's a foot pedal that controls the speed slower, faster. Um, there's what's called a bat, which is what the lump of clay is sitting on. This piece, it sits on the wheel anchored in there. And then baby, it goes. Now the clay has to be prepared before it gets here. Almost like dough. You're trying to get the the uh, uh, in imperfections out of it. There's air in it. You're trying to prepare it. In the old days, they used to do this with their feet. And before electricity, there would be a foot wheel at the bottom. There'd be a shaft, and then there'd be a little platform on top. You would spin the wheel on the bottom, and then it would turn it that way, and you would keep doing it with your feet. You could always tell the potters they had one big, huge right leg back in the day. So the first thing you do when you start is you take your lump of clay and you smack it down on your bat, on your wheel. Now, as the process starts, the wheel starts spinning. And before you can get to what it will be, before you can get to a beautiful vase, one that Sherry made. Beautiful, is it not? Yeah, yeah, come on, we can give it up. <laughs> Before it becomes that beautiful vase or bowl or mug or container or what, whatever, you have to center the piece of clay. And the thing that surprised me about this process was how much effort and force you had to exert on this little lump of clay to get it centered. Because if you don't center it, if it's just a little off center, which it almost always is when you just smack it down, it starts spinning and it starts wobbling. You can't even get to the next phase where you, you stick your thumbs in it and you open it up and then you pull it up the sides and start to make it into something. You can't even get there unless it is perfectly centered. So this image of being centered is what we are looking at this fall as a church. We are wanting to center our lives again on Christ. Because if we are not centered, then God cannot make us into what God would have us be. God knows the beautiful thing that each of us were created to be and the beautiful things each of us were called to do. But if we don't allow ourselves to be centered, then we can't get to that next phase. Centered on Christ, centered with one another in the Christian family. Our classes, our Wednesday nights, our worship will be based in this general theme moving forward. So this is kind of a big deal, which is why I want to make sure we understand. So if we are not centered in Christ, what happens? 
We are off center. We're wobbling, spiritually wobbling. God can't take us and make us into that beautiful thing. God is trying to exert pressure to get us into shape. The clay in its resting state does not want to give in. It just sits there and wants to be clay. Just as often we do not want to be or might be afraid to be molded by Christ and the pressure exerted to make us what we were created to be. So Sherry, I I wondered if, if you would at first show them what it looks like if that lump of clay, if our lives are not centered and you try to start making something out of that. Okay, you see it wobbling? You see your hands wobbling? She's trying to exert force to keep it centered. But if it's off-centered, it is a wobbly mess. Okay. So now we know that the first thing that we have to do is to center this piece of clay. And again, to do that, you're exerting pressure on all sides of it. You use the water to reduce the friction and make it more malleable, more pliable. And so, Sherry, show them how to center that the right way When I took my class, um, my teacher there said, she suggested you put your elbow against your side so you can fully lean into it and use your whole body. And then you're coming from the other side also. You're putting pressure on both sides. Look at that, Master Potter. Snapped it in, oh my gosh, that is gorgeous. Right away, look, if you can see it, it's not wobbling, it is centered, it is spinning. It is saying, make me into something beautiful. But it didn't want that when it started. It was a lump of clay that just wanted to remain a lump of clay. And as Sherry continues to work on that, I want to continue to talk about this idea of being centered. If we're not centered on Christ, then likewise, we become like an unstable lump of clay. And many times we fight to stay that lump of clay because it's easier for us. We don't have to be transformed. We don't have to let God use us. As we continue this illustration, the the G-forces, the centrifugal force, I would look at as life. We are that lump of clay. We are spinning and around us is our life. And it is God's hands that then come in to center us so that then we can be molded. We can be shaped. We can be brought into something beautiful and brilliant and faithful. What does it mean to be centered in Christ? Think in your mind of people that you think in your mind are centered in Christ. Just think of somebody, maybe a mentor, maybe somebody who is important to you in your church, in your community. 
What makes them someone you look up to in faith? Well, my guess is that they are centered in Christ. Um, yesterday at our 9-11 service, we remembered so much of that difficult day. I was sent a, 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 an article yesterday about Todd Beamer. Todd Beamer was the one on flight 93 who was one of the organizers once they realized in that plane that they were gonna go down. One who got with some of the others and the one with whom we know most of the story. Because at that time they had those phones in the back of the airplane seats and they were on those phones. And for 14 minutes he called the operator, Lisa Jackson. And he tried to describe the direction they were going, where they were, what was going on, exactly what was happening. Lisa Jackson, the operator, said he was so calm, it was hard for me to believe that what he was telling me was actually happening. But they knew from connecting with loved ones, being on those phones in the back of the plane, that the other planes had hit the towers in New York and the Pentagon. And this one was also heading for a building of some significance. And one of the things that this uh, article talked about was his being centered as a Christian. He remained calm, he knew what he had to do along with all of those other heroes on that plane. He asked right before they went to try to attack the attackers if the operator would say the Lord's Prayer with him. And then the 23rd Psalm, and they did. And right after they finished, she heard him say, okay, is everybody ready? Let's roll. He taught Sunday school. He was involved in his life in this Christian journey. And the whole reason we read Psalm 46 was because that is a disaster happening. The mountains are shaking. There are floods. There is tumult. There is disaster. And yet, God is there. And when we center ourselves in Christ, it doesn't mean bad things won't happen, but it means that when they do, we too are centered enough that we know that we are not alone absolutely still painful. Brokenness absolutely still happens. But the ability to remain calm, as Todd Beamer did, is rooted in his faith that allowed him to do an exceptional thing in his life and on that plane. So as we head forward in this understanding that before we can even get to these beautiful outcomes, before we can become fully what God would have us be. And the good news here is that God continues. When we turn away, God continues to remold us and continue to work with us. A little bit of water can make those hardened hearts pliable and receptive to God again. A little bit of that baptismal water makes us again back to a lump and that's where we want to start.
So as we start this season of recentering ourselves or centering ourselves with Christ and one another, let us trust the hands of our potter, our maker, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer, and know that God has amazing plans for us to become beautiful works of devotion and art and faith and discipleship. So let us seek to be centered. Hallelujah. Amen.